0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Hey, Steeler
2: Nation! It's Robert Golden, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast.
0: Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G. Striker, and with me are both of our in-house draft gurus and writers for Steeler Nation, Matt Papirnik and Ben McHaleon. Matt and Ben, how are you doing, gentlemen? Fantastic. You're <laughs> doing great, Strikers. That's great. And, and uh, as we were noting a little eas- earlier in the episode, we're happy to see that Ben is working on his draft beard since the last time we have spoken. It is looking magnificent. Uh, every time I sneeze, I think mine grows the amount you've had so far, but it's, it's fine. I'm happy with it. And that, of course yours is coming along nicely. You're going to have to shave that off here for your wedding in a couple, in, in, in a couple weeks here, Matt.
2: Uh, no, she actually likes the beard. So I'm a, I've had a beard for uh, most of my adult life. So she likes it and I get to keep it about maybe a little trimmed and a little more, uh, uh, manicured.
0: <laughs> nice perfection. So Steeler nation just want to quickly show you about our fun thing going off over here at our sponsors page at total sports enterprises on Twitter at total sports, ENT, all you have to do the, the the thing this week I'm bringing up here on the vidcast signed picture of Vince Vance McDonald. And it looks like it's the one where he's putting the stiff arm on the Tampa Bay player on his way to his long touchdown run, huge play, probably the play of his career and you get a you get a chance at that signed autograph, Vance McDonald picture for free. All you have to do is follow at Total Sports Enterprises at Steeler Nation and at Yinzers Y I N Z H E R S. Retweet the post, and the winner will be picked on Thursday. So good luck, Steeler Nation! Thank you very much to Total Sports Enterprises for always looking out for all of our Steeler Nation podcasts and companies, and being an excellent partner. And so now we get to draft time, and I'm so glad I have you guys back on the show. Uh, thanks to you guys specifically, I am starting to get better at understanding where players are going to fit in, how this draft is going to shake down, because I love your insight. I love your, your your breakdowns of the draft players and individual players on the site itself. Steel Nation, you got to go over and check out the draft section that we have for some of the breakdowns for a lot of these players that look like they're going to be slotted into this Area where it looks like the Steelers are going to be picking. And the oh Crike. I wanted to talk about one quick thing before we started getting into the draft. So I'm gonna downshift a bit. 419. We had uh, Vince Williams sign a one-year contract with the Steelers. So I'm happy that since we lost both Tyson Alu and Vince Vince Williams, we've got them both back in free agency after losing them each for a period of time. So how do you guys feel about the depth now at both defensive line and inside linebacker with those additions? Oh, I yeah. would
1: say relieved. Oh, so I'm <laughs> sorry, Matt, go ahead. Oh, all right, ben, you, all you, man. Ben? Ben, all right. Yeah. I was going to say it, it, it was a huge relief, especially the whole like fallout with Tyson. Um, I think was fun to kind of watch develop and um the noticeable uh trend of players wanting to come back for a lower price tag to help out the Steelers I yeah. think is very encouraging as well
0: yeah that's huge and Matt I don't know about you I was assuming that the Steelers were just going to ask Vince to try to take a pay cut as opposed to cutting him in free agency and then trying to resign him but fortunately they were able to lure him back so what are your thoughts
2: yeah I was kind of surprised uh that Vince was cut to begin with, like you kind of yeah. said. I, I thought a pay cut was coming or, you know, an extension to push some money out. But, you know, yeah. he was cut and came back, you know, kind of ended up being the best of both worlds. He got to stay where he probably wanted to be to begin with. And uh, like Ben touched on, you know, seeing all these players willing to come back, take, take pay cuts, you know, Ben, Juju, Vince, yeah. Tyson, you know, it's it, it's huge. And it shows you the type of organization the Steelers are and the type of players that, you know, they, they recruit and get in and in free agency as – and uh, that they draft you know it's it's a special organization that this is just a testament to that
0: and i'll tell you mike wallace agrees with you because he just put out uh, a couple tweets in an, in an interview as well talking about there was no place in the nfl that he has played that was like playing for the pittsburgh steelers the family atmosphere the professionalism with the coach that will never play games with you, tell you exactly what is on his mind. So you know you know where your role, you understand your role, and you have to do your job. And if you don't do your job, obviously he's going to tell you you're not doing your job. He even mentioned uh, Kevin Colbert on how they worked seamlessly with the Rooney family and how it felt like a family atmosphere. I mean, I assume going for that bigger money down in Miami, beautiful weather, beautiful women, not a family atmosphere. Going up to Minnesota, <laughs> hell of a lot colder not a family atmosphere. And he did mention he'd enjoyed playing for the Ravens as well, but he still, you know, just the situation in Pittsburgh for him was the absolute perfect blend of excellent coaching, excellent people across the board, family atmosphere, and just was the perfect place in his mind to play. And he played in a lot of places. So that says that, like you're saying, Matt, it says a lot for being a Pittsburgh Steeler and a reason why they come back. And another person that just came back, Josh Dobbs, So now the Steelers have four quarterbacks on the roster. Matt, I want to start with you this time. With four quarterbacks on the roster, how high do you think the Steelers are going to be at picking a quarterback this year?
2: Um, I honestly could see them not picking one at all and kind of going what they did with uh, um, Hodges and just picking up someone out of uh, as an undrafted free agent. You know, when they got Duck, you know, he kind of really put on, you know, just gives you that camp body, you know, gives you an extra scout team body. But um, unless, you know, by some unique scenario where someone like Fields or, you know, Trey Lance or someone is there in the high mm-hmm. teens or even at the pick 24, you know, where they can get that air apparent to Ben, I don't see them taking one in the middle rounds or even some of the late round guys. You know, they have a good yeah. quarterback room. Ben Mason. Haskins is almost kind of their late round quarterback, in my opinion, this year that yeah. they undrafted guy to come in, be that upside guy you know, be that camp body and then dogs, you know, him and Ben get along great. So they have a full quarterback room and I'd be surprised to see them draft one. Like I said, unless something crazy happens.
0: And, and Ben, are you on the same page? Is there any quarterbacks that you'd pull the trigger on that you could see possibly falling to the Steelers?
1: I mean, no, not really. It's already a full room as enough as it is. I mean, they're at capacity, Um, you know, as Matt was saying, unless there's an ungodly, amazing bargain, um right around the oh, that 24 spot maybe a little bit early where they want to trade whatever yeah um I would say to pass up and and just focus on on what has to be addressed I think
0: and and it's interesting also with Dobbs joining and where they're going to slot him he and funny enough Dobbs is the only quarterback on our roster with no starting experience so you had Um, He was, I think he was in Jacksonville the year that they had duck and Rudolph uh, starting. That's right. They traded him right at the beginning of the year to get some draft value because he was on the initial roster. Um, Yeah. So that's, it's just an interesting outcome for his position because you expect him to have some experience being in the league for four years. He's definitely got like, like you were saying also, Matt, he has Ben's ear. They always seem to be talking. And sometimes he sees things that Ben doesn't and Ben even credited Dobbs the one time on a play where he and Juju were working together and Dobbs saw something they went right back to that play. It was a touchdown the next play. So, you know, those types of things, even if he's going to be a practice squad quarterback, uh, he's the type of guy that can still help out at home on game day. Uh, and still try to be the best that he can be to, to making Ben's hopeful, might be his final year, be the best that he can have. So uh, to me, that was a fun pickup to have. And we'll, we'll have to see how he how the quarterback room shakes down now with Rudolph and the Haskins and and Dobbs, because you do have veterans that are kind of question marks on who's going to be able to take that seat at number two. I'm personally happy with the way uh, Rudolph has progressed. I think he still has some room for improvement. I still think he can improve. I don't think he's hit a ceiling yet. Um, but then that we have that wild card with Haskins and Haskins has all the ability and the talent in the world drafted mid first round. And we got him before his rookie ca- contract was even up, you know, Washington bailed on him after two years. And now we get to see if this guy can actually play, if it was the system, that was the problem. If it was the coaching. That was the problem if it was the organization, which we know is the worst in the NFL, as opposed to being the best in the NFL. So we'll have to see what he has to say what, for coming in there. So at least, um, from a college perspective when you guys saw Haskins come into the draft a couple years back what type of quarterback did he seem to you and what type of system did you think he would fit in the NFL and Ben this time I'll start with you
1: oh I was gonna say if you want to start with Matt because I know Matt Matt is a lot higher uh, just based off
0: his roots yes (laughs) Matt please we'll go with your roots I forgot yeah you're right there in the Ohio territory so go ahead
2: yeah, so being be an Ohio State grad and, you know, going to the games, watching Haskins play, you know, yeah, he's as talented as any quarterback that was in the draft that year. As, mm-hmm. There's not many people as talented as, you know, him or more talented. He, he has all the tools. Um, he only had one year starting experience, you know, sat sat for a couple of years and then went to the NFL after his one year starting. So he, he was green. He still needed to learn the game a little bit, put up gr- big stats in college, but um he had – uh, he led the league in, led college football in screen yards that year. So wow. a lot of his years, were, a lot of his yards were manufactured uh, kind of like this year, even though I don't think the same issues for us, Trevor Lawrence was led the league in screen yards or led college <laughs> football, I should say. So <laughs> right. it's like, well, I don't think those same issues exist. It's, it shows mm-hmm. you that, you know, he had a lot of manufactured yards for him. He okay. had a lot of simple reads, simple throws, but it was because mm-hmm. he was green had you know, First have year, a lot yeah. of experience yeah he was the only a redshirt sophomore you know and then he went straight into the draft and i think washington needed to let him grow a little bit and he didn't really get afforded that i mean granted some of it was you know um the situation there wasn't a lot of competition in that quarterback room and the owner kind of pushed him into it if i'm not mistaken i believe the owner was very high on him and kind of forced forced their hand to start him yes so i and uh you know i i think he's talented it's just He had some off the field things, you know, I think he had that thing where they had some, uh, um, a little bit of a party last year during COVID in his hotel room or something along those lines. Don't know all the details, obviously, but you know, he he had some growing up to do and there isn't many places better to do that in Pittsburgh. I mean, Ben had similar issues early in his career where people were a little like, this guy's, you know, a little out in the limelight, a bit too much. So the talent's there. There's no doubt about it. And they're taking virtually no risk signing him for a minimum deal. I mean, why not? It's, I think that uh, he was put into a bad situation, kind of rushed into it. It wasn't an ideal, um, but the talent's there and hopefully he matures and there isn't many places to do that in Pittsburgh
0: than, than in Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, anything to add, Ben, that you saw? Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. Only really to add on to that um, is also like at Ohio state, he had a great supporting cast with him as well. Yes. Um, which is just, typical of the ohio state university they just churn out players and um they he didn't really have that in in washington again as matt said he was just into the mix just do with it whatever you can and you know it's a it's a free-for-all whereas in pittsburgh there already is a very deep supporting cast in the wide receiver room um now i know we're going to get into the running backs here later with the offensive line but those pieces are already kind of starting to pull together that we're lacking in washington
0: and now moving on to this draft and i know that we've both been in dis- we've all been in discussions mostly between ben and matt about slotting players and talking about draft boards and if steeler Nation listening if you want to follow along with us go to steelernation.com uh click on the article for matt's 2021 NFL draft big board top 150 players Uh, because what I want to do is kind of talk about the slotting and where people fit in but first we'll go over the top 10 because I think that those are the players that we all kind of think that are pretty much going to all go within the first 10 slots Uh, some of them being most of them being quarterbacks and that's the interesting thing this year is because as we've discussed this quarterbacks are always rated on a weighted scale teams that need a quarterback are going to draft much higher for a quarterback than they may show up on, on the draft list. If they're just listed by complete talent, but if you're going by drafting, but obviously we got some great ones this year. This seems like a really deep uh, draft class, kind of like the 03 draft class when we got Ben and um Oh 04, mm-hmm. four. I'm sorry. That was Oh 04, yeah, 04 04 04 04. draft class. Oh four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh three. We got Paul Um, Yeah. So this is really interesting to me. First two quarterbacks off the boards, obviously, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you've listed Matt as number one. Uh, Justin Fields is number two. Kyle Pitts, who's been rocketing up boards. And if you watched his film, I remember watching his film about a month ago when people thought he was going to be a late first rounder, early second rounder. I'm like, whoa, this guy. So Matt and Ben, we'll start off with Matt since this is your list. What did you see in Kyle Pitts, who was the tight end, being the next highest or the first highest position player you have uh, on the board?
2: Um, He actually stuck out to me the first for the first time uh, last season, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, I was, you know, just out of bar casually watching some games and it was the game Kyle Trask came in. And even though. Even though uh, Pitts wasn't necessarily as featured as he was this year, I just saw how athletic and open he was, and it caused me to dive into him a little bit. Mm. And uh, this year, he just took college football by storm. I mean, mm. he, he's as athletic as there is in the league. He kind of reminds me of athletic athletically of uh, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Um, he has the speed. He has the height. He has the strength. He can mm. in and out. But there's not many linebackers, if any, that can consistently cover him. He just – He's the total package when it comes to athleticism at that position, at that size. You don't find guys that are, you know, 6'4 plus, 240 plus running like that and cutting like that and yeah. has good hands and good ball skills. You know, it, it,
0: mm-hmm. it's rare. It's, it's really rare. And that's high praise. Did you see the same as well, Ben?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the first time I saw him um, as a person who does not, I, I don't follow any Florida sports whatsoever. I thought he was just a really big wide receiver. Um, And then I saw he was a tight end. So um, that's just, again, just building on his overall skill set and really what it brings to the table. Um, Obviously, I know he's going to go, if not top five, at least top 10. Um, Mm -hmm. The only really weird thing, and this is what I was playing with as I was building mine out, was if you can think back to 1990, so a little over 30 years. Yeah. You know, if you look at the, at the tight ends who went one overall or um, I'm not saying it's one overall, but in the first round, I mean, yeah, we have Heath Miller for us. There was Tony Gonzalez. There were some other players, but maybe 66, like two thirds percent um, really um, haven't really built out to anything. So it's one of those where if you see a tight end, that's, this high up, you know, he's good. Otherwise team would uh, otherwise the team was just going to wait back in the later rounds and wait for their Travis Kelsey, their Gronk, um, or, you know, a George Kittle type as yes. well. So yes,
0: who ended up going way later in the draft. That was something that when I re read that draft and seeing that Kittle went like around the fourth round, I think. And it was just such an excellent way to get a, a guy that's one of the best in the league now, right. but that he seemed to be kind of typecast at his time of being kind of like a blocking tight end and just kind of opened up his passing game to show that he got his his route running to match his blocking and just became an elite quarterback or elite tight end like a Travis Kelsey. It just, I just love watching both of those guys work in the NFL nowadays. Um, So we're saying that, you know, Pitts can be not only like those players, how is his blocking? Is he able to do it, be seen as a blocking type back? As blocking type tight end? Um, yeah he wasn't athletic
2: yeah he he wasn't asked to do it a whole lot at florida you know he was one of their better off better uh options in the passing game and kind Mm -hmm. of a focal point um especially because they run a decent amount of spread so they like to flex the tight out tight end out a bit but he was always a willing blocker um he was never never shied away from it when they asked him to do it he never wasn't like he allayed blocks or you know just kind of got in the way of his guy he definitely tried he put he was able to drive some guys back, you know, he has, as he has the strength, you know, just not being asked to do it. A lot of technique needs a little bit of work, but if he, if someone asked for him to come in, you wouldn't be immediately disappointed and say, okay, we can't really do in line in the running game, but he's not going to be that, you know, that Vance McDonald who can just drive um, defenders back in the running game or that yeah. Keith Miller that was really able to drive and get, open up holes. He that's, not him. That's not what you're going to ask him to do either on offense, yeah. but he's more than willing to get in there and stick his nose in there. It's not like he's just a tricky receiver.
0: Nice. Now I'm going to finish off just running down through the players that you have four through 10. Uh, you got the wide receiver, Jamar Chase out of LSU. You got Sewell, the first tackle off the board at Oregon at five. Patrick Sertan, cornerback at number six from Alabama. Uh, Zach Wilson, the next quarterback off the list at BYU at number seven. Uh, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver from Alabama at eight. Mika Parsons, linebacker from Penn State at nine. And then Quiddy Payne, edge from Michigan at 10. Is there any players in there that you are really excited about? And are there any players in this range that have a possibility of dropping? Ben, I'd like to start with you and your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm high on SEC. Or um, I would say any wide receiver in the SEC. You know, if you're looking at LSU, if you're looking at Alabama, But Chase, Waddle, Smith, obviously Heisman winner. Mm -hmm. So those are guys, I I agree, they're going to be top 10. And this is, so as a little bit of a sidebar, There's this overall draft, I think there were 17 of the top 100, 17 of them were wide receivers. Wow. So that Mm -hmm. also shows the depth in this as well, right? Which explains why almost all the top 10 or a big bulk of them are are those wide receivers. Um, One is, the one that I would really add Um, and this is where it's like that number 10 slot is, uh, is Michael Parsons out of yeah. Penn state being the linebacker, mm-hmm. um, where you had pay, you know, Michigan. So it was two big 10 guys. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, that nine, 10, 11, 12 range that you get a lot of gray area. I mean, I would add Michael Parsons to that. Yeah. Um, and really that's really it quite honestly for me.
0: Nice. And it's a great list here, Ben. Is, is there anybody that you could see sliding possibly into the, uh, the, the mid-teens?
1: Um, off of the names that you just said, not so much. Um...
0: Oh, sorry, Matt, I meant to direct that question toward you. Are there any that you can oh. see sliding from the names that, from your top 10? Because um... I guess it just comes down to what the teams are looking for. And then if they draft the slots of need, then those players would start to drop.
2: Yeah, I could see, you know, maybe Parson sliding just a bit just because he sat out this year, you know. Okay. Yeah. There were questions about, you know, he what he needed to develop was mainly his instincts. Mm-hmm. You know, he has the full package else and that. And sitting out for a year, you're not going to be able to really work on that. But I still don't see him falling far. Uh, Sir Patrick Sertan maybe sliding a little bit just because teams may prefer one corner over the other. So he may slide to the second or third corner if okay. they see J.C. Horn or you know, one of the others, you know, up ahead of him, but yeah, I don't see a huge slide here. And then you always got a couple of trade-ups, people reaching for, you know, pass rushers or tackles or in this draft, maybe some of the wide receivers or a quarterback, but yeah. so you could slide a little bit, but there's not a guy that you see an obvious slide here.
0: Now we're going to talk about the slots that you have from 11 to 20. And these are Probably also players that the Steelers have very little chance of, of getting unless they try to move up if somebody slides to a range where they're comfortable in moving up. And the number 11, you have uh, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern. 12, Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. 13, your next cornerback, we we're talking about J.C. Horn from, from uh, South Carolina. 14, Trey Lance, the next quarterback off the board from North, da- North Dakota State. 15, Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle from USC. Uh, then you have uh, Trevin Mooring, uh, safety from TCU. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'm not as up on these drafting, drafting uh, players' names as you guys are. And then we have uh, 17, Christian Darisol, another tackle, Virginia Tech. Uh, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. Christian Barrymore, defensive tackle, Alabama. And then Jeremiah Owosu-Karamoa linebacker out of Penn State, the very athletic linebacker out of Penn State. Um, and is he the edge player? Mm-hmm. that yes. gentleman yes. yes yeah so um, there's there's a group right in there. I, I think personally I could see the Steelers maybe getting excited over Trey Lance, maybe JC Horn, maybe uh, Jeremiah from Penn State. Uh, are there any other players that you guys can see as a possible target Matt I'll start with you this time.
2: Um, you know, if Trey Lance were to fall, you know, they might get enticed, but like me and Ben said, they might not be huge in a quarterback. And I honestly see him going a lot higher than where I have him ranked. Yeah. Um, I see him going top 10 pretty easily, but okay. you know, he could slide just because of his experience. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the tackles, you know, cause that's a lot of preference as well. Yes. Um, It's kind of all mix and match just after uh, Sewell up top. So, you know, one of them could fall, especially because a couple of them have some position versatility where they could play guard. And Mm -hmm. there's even talks about uh, Vera Tucker even potentially sliding the center if they really asked him to. Wow. So that would be big for the Steelers. Um, Some of the other positions they don't need. It's not like they're going to go draft, you know, Bateman if he falls to them or trade up for him. They're not going to go for a wide receiver or something this high. True. So there's a couple that could be interested in, but they don't all fit a position the Steelers necessarily need. You know, it's yeah. not high on the list. But um, th- this is the area where you could see a couple of players slide into that early 20s, yes. you know, as people start to go towards needs on their draft board because there's not a huge as big of a gap as top 10 players of talent. But, you know, it's, it's, if one of the tackles that has a little position virtual fell, I wouldn't be upset if they took them, especially because they, they've proven that they could uh, – Definitely help open up that run game Miss Mr. you talk so much about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, ben, is did you see anything differently? Are you on the same page as Matt here for the next ten?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page. I um, I will say I love Rashawn Sh- Slater out yeah. of Northwestern. Um, I after um, after Sewell, um, I have him as my number two. Offensive tackle. Mm. Um, so I'm very high on him. Yeah, outside of that, you know, as as what Matt said, I mean, Steelers really going to be playing in that market. There's not going to be a real urge to grab anyone yeah. um, here if they're sitting at 24.
0: Gotcha. So now we're getting into the range where Steeler fans can start getting excited, and I think this next 10 really capsulates a lot of the names that Steeler fans have been arguing about, talking about on who we think are going to be the next, you know, possible Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to go from 21 to 33, just because I like a lot of these players that are right around 30, 31, 32, 33. I think they might be some of my favorite players here on this list. So 21, we have got Greg Newsom, the other cornerback from from Northwestern. Uh, Trevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, 22. Nick Bolton, you have a 23, linebacker from Missouri. Is he an inside linebacker? Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Caleb Farley, another cornerback, Virginia Tech. Travis Etienne at 25, running back from Clemson. You have him as your top-rated uh, running back. Do you agree for top that Etienne would be your top-rated corner, running back as well, Ben, or would you go – you're more of a Najee Harris guy?
1: Yeah. Uh, only because of what the Steelers look for in a running back. Okay. That's the only thing.
0: Yeah, they, d- waited for the Steelers. I'd agree with this. Um, Jalen Phillips, edge player from Miami at 26. Uh, Aziz Adjulari edge from Georgia 27 Zavin Collins linebacker from Tulsa 28 Rondell Moore wide receiver Purdue 29 and then at 30 you have Jason Owa the edge from Penn State the other edge so they got a lot of good linebackers over there Penn State this year it looks like a lot of good defensive players coming early three in the top 30 Um, now these are some players that that I think have gotten a lot of traction 31 Creed Humphrey the center from Oklahoma 32 Asante Samuel jr. Uh, son of Asante Samuel at cornerback from Florida State, and then at 33, Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle from Texas. So there's a lot of good players. Now you had Najee Harris, just a couple plays, uh, players later. You had him at 36 just to include that name in the mix. Landon Dickerson center from Alabama as well. We'll include that name in this mix. Uh, Terrence Marshall, who had 34. That's a wide receiver. We're probably not looking to take in the first round, but let's start talking about this group of players, because if the Steelers are drafting at 24, according to this, this uh, draft space, uh, or if we're going strictly, if it, if Matt, if it went fell the way you see it, and all 24 players fell off. So all your players from 25 to 32 are left. I mean, you got both top running backs. You've got a good tackle. You've got the top center in the draft. you got some good edge players. You got some, another great cornerback who's possibly an option. I mean, this is just like a glut of, (laughs) I mean, if you ever wanted to trade back, this would be the draft to do it because you can get the players that you want and get some more draft capital. So um matt i want to start with you and uh and talk about what would you do being the uh since this is your list who would be your highest um pick then on this or your most uh who would you draft
2: um who would i draft that's a that's a tough one um it would be nice to be able to see the future and see who's going to be around the later round so right um, (laughs) but um going with the steelers uh if I had to pick and just knowing some of the people later in the draft, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably going to Sante Samuel jr. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, we, we had an article with that compiled all of our picks, uh, come out about two or three weeks ago, maybe yep. before I filed everyone's from the site and I chose him. I was the lone wolf in the group.
0: I also um, chose a cornerback. I, I chose JC Horn at the time. Uh, Yes, you did. We are the only ones that chose cornerbacks. But yes, that's this this is why you and I discussed even right before. This is one of these rare drafts where there is so many good quarterbacks that Mm -hmm. it's going to push for the first time a great cornerback into that area where we're usually trying to draft a cornerback and just coming up empty, it seems like for draft after draft, and we're trying to get these late first round corners. I, I actually feel that you know, Samuel, uh, Asante Samuel has that opportunity. Like in most drafts, he'd be a top 15 player.
2: Yeah. And if, and if I had my ideal way, mm-hmm. um, trade back anywhere from four to six picks, you know, get another third, maybe another fourth, depending on, you know, who who has what. But um, because there's five or six players who I'd be fine with. I'd be fine with them taking yeah. Etienne. I'd be fine yeah. with them taking Creed Humphrey. I'd be fine with Asante Samuel. Yeah. Uh, Landon Dickerson and Najee Harris. There's five right there that if they took any of those five, Yeah. At 24, I'm happy. Yeah. Like, I think that was a good pick. Um, They are slightly higher or lower just for different reasons. But so if they can, if four or five of the three to plus of those guys are there, trade back a couple of picks, get some extra capital. And yeah, maybe then move up in the second if one of them starts to slide. And then, boom, you got, you know, pick at 28 to 30 and then a pick in the low 40s versus 55. And you got a hell of a draft. Now, it was that easy. uh, They all (laughs) do it. But um, right. You and, know, but there's, there's a lot of guys in this range. I like just kind of like how you talked. You went out. Yeah. To
0: just, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot of talent in this range and Ben. So now it's your turn to be the Steeler GM. We obviously know you know, Travis Etienne down. Who is your top spot or who would be your top pick with the talent on this board?
1: I still like Najee Harris. Yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> I still like, I still like addressing a school player. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, as a sidebar for me, it's going to be a fun Jersey to get. Um, yeah. Another, a, a running back in Pittsburgh with the last name of Harris. That sounds pretty familiar, yeah. at least to me. <laughs> um, so well, I think like a- Get ready for the
2: greatest roast of all time.
1: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the
2: fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast
0: of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. My day, we had the the best (laughs) running back in Pittsburgh, and boy, was he something. Right. I'm part exactly. of Franco's so Italian army and we were all wearing our helmets and rooting for that guy from Penn State. He was tremendous. Yeah, that's exactly so,
1: so I think of like a, a running back in Pittsburgh, last name of Harris. Kind of all makes sense.
0: First round, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Right. The only one maybe swap out is Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. who he's yes. been starting to fall right around that area. Mm-hmm. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they went that way. I think it might come down to those, two names or we there's three names in there um yeah. i think is at that 24 that's just the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person
2: doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Nice. Nice. That's great. And for the second round, I know that the Steelers, what's the slotting for the Steelers at the second round? What pick are they shooting for? Oh, they'll be 55. 55. So at pick 55, I'm going to go like pick 50 to 60. We're going to talk about these players. Uh, you have Max Mac Jones, actually quarterback going right at 49. So I'll just mention him as well. Uh, Jackson Carmen, offensive tackle out of Clemson. Uh, Dayami Brown, wide receiver, North Carolina. Jalen Mayfield, tackle out of Michigan. Eric Stoats, cornerback from Georgia. Jabril Cox, linebacker, LSU. 55, Jamar Johnson, safety from Indiana. 56, Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Old Miss. Uh, Levy from Washington. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Defensive tackle. Uh, Cameron McGrone, linebacker, Michigan at 58. Elijah Molden, cornerback, Washington. And then 60, you got Michael Carter running back from North Carolina. So a lot of defensive players, it looks like, in this range and a couple good tackle options. Uh, So if if you got, let's see, the first round, I know, Ben, you went – with Najee Harris as your running back. So who are you pairing with Harris in this group?
1: So I would be looking at the second batch of offensive backs mm-hmm. here for, you know, 55th spot. Yes. Um, I, ju- I like Jalen Mayfield. There is one um, Sam Cosme. He's another yes. one as well. Yep. Um, and might be a little higher on my list in, in, in comparison there to Matt, but um, the offensive back of North Dakota state uh, mm-hmm. Radom's, Nice. Offense. I probably said that correctly, but really I would address again, if you are looking at Harris there in the first, I would look to address the offensive tackle there in the second.
0: Very nice. Matt, who is your option now since you went cornerback in the first.
2: Yeah. Since I went corner um, it really has to be offense here, whether it's offensive line or running back. Um, yeah. I'm with Ben. I do like some of the offensive tackles. I'm just a little lower on where they need one. I think they're committed to banner and shoot out there. Agreed. Um, At least for now, even though I wouldn't mind Dylan Radance I have him in the low 30s, I think. Or, you know, I, I wouldn't even mind if I, they took Jalen Mayfield. I think he has talent. But um, I'm probably going out of this group. I'm leading Michael Carter. Um, nice. I, I, I think he's a very talented running back. Um, he's fast. He's quick. Has ball skills, catching out of the backfield. And if they're going to take a running back in the second round, um, I would really like him. Especially in this general region, um, you know he he has a skill set that would pair well, especially with someone like Benny Snell in the backfield, who's more of that bruiser. Yes. Um, and if one of the, and if the one of the players aren't available, then I'm probably trying to lock up the best running back I can. So I'm gonna go with Michael Carter. I think out of North Carolina, he Javante Williams, well, um, so he kind of had that thunder and lightning aspect. So I, I like I like him, and I think he could really add something to his offense.
0: Nice. So next draft slot in the third round pick number would be around what? 90, 87, 87, yeah. even higher. So let's do, we'll shoot for like 83 to 93. So we've got center Quinn Minertz from Wisconsin, who Steelers have already talked to. Uh, you got an edge there. Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa, Milton Williams, defensive tackle, Louisiana tech, Amari, Ro- Amari Rogers, wide receiver from Clemson. Trey Sermon running back from the Ohio state. I like how you put that there, Matt, they've showing your homerism. Kyle uh, Trask. Yeah. Trask listed as a third rounder. That's great. A quarterback from Florida. He may go on the first. You never know what the way this draft is going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert running back, Virginia tech, Nico Collins, wide receiver, Michigan, Tommy tremble, tight end, Notre Dame, uh, Robert Hainsey, offensive tackle, Notre Dame, and then Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle, from lsu so you went first round cornerback second round running running back correct so now mm-hmm. who is your pick in this slot
2: um i'm probably leaning O line now so um someone just above this as well josh myers out of ohio state him or quinn mirnez if either yeah. of them are there yes um, i'm fine with either of them i'm really sure if that's in position you got BJ finney there right now penciled in yeah um, i think he's better as a backup to both center and guard but uh
0: yeah, dude, you know, I think fin- both of
2: those
0: Finney is yeah. a spot player. He has never started more than I think four or five games in a season. Mm-hmm. So he is not he's not a starter. So I'm hoping that they find somebody that can come in and help him out in the season because I don't see yeah. him finishing the entire year personally.
2: Yeah, probably rolling with one of those enters If they don't go running back, I like both the running backs. You mentioned Trey Sermon and Cleo Herbert. Here. Nice. I like them both a lot as well, but um, I already said that, and you don't need that many running backs, uh, <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm going with one of those two centers, whoever whoever's Great. there, uh, Quinn Mirnes or Josh Myers, if either of them are there. I'm
1: I'm hoping.
0: Okay, and Ben, you went running back first. You went offensive tackle second. Who is your third?
1: So I'm kind of torn between a center and a cornerback. Yeah, at this spot, um, almost like a backfill of what Matt said. Yeah. Um, Where I mean, obviously, as you had just said, you know, the center is a huge, almost a pain, but a definite need there on the front end. Yeah. Um, You know, and I love Quinn Minertz as well. I think he's just watching his workout videos. He's he's an animal. He's an animal. He's so much fun to watch. Um, And you really don't want to bank necessarily on getting some good depth at center in the later rounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, Trey Hill um, I have kind of just like a lingering in there out of Georgia. Yeah. Um, and Michael Manette Penn State. I really don't see him being available or being more available um there in the fifth round. So mm-hmm. I to start to get into that, that weird territory. So that's why I'm starting to look a little bit more on the corner side. Yeah. If those na- if those top names are all that Matt just mentioned, yeah. um, where you get into um eric stokes is one matt i don't know i didn't hear i don't remember hearing his name off the list that striker was reading off but he's one mm-hmm. uh colvin joseph is another one where he's one where he i think he has a high ceiling and i think he's going to be available there in that third spot as well um uh, and really that's about it so i would go either center or corner quite honestly
2: and there's a there's one guy that's a kind of a sleeper center as well that um striker that I mentioned is robert Hansey. yeah um, he played tackle at notre dame but he took some center snaps at the senior bowl to prove some position versatility because he's not he's he's not going to stick on at tackle in the nfl um, he yeah. just lacks a little bit of the foot quickness and athleticism stay out there so he's a sleeper
0: pick as well but
2: yes corner is definitely a need and i'm i would agree with some of the picks that you had in there
0: awesome so we'll stop right there at three rounds this time. We'll go a little deeper, I think, probably in our next podcast. We're trying to do one either Monday or Tuesday next week before everything gets crazy for both of you guys specifically. But it's time of the podcast. We're going to start taking questions from Steeler Nation. So Twitter, YouTube, and the other one that you're on, Facebook. Go ahead and uh, ask some questions now. We're going to take the questions first from SteelerNation.com football forum. Sign up. It's free. And I ask every week for questions from our forum members. And the first question we're going to be taking today will be from Drink Iron City, who we usually end with. But this time he got on here first. Uh, He asked first if if left tackle and running back are both there and the value is near the same, which position do we take? And I'll start with you, Ben.
1: Hmm. And I, guess su- I, kind of bantered, I guess I kind of I guess I kind of answered it if I said draft Paris
0: at twenty four. So yes. I would have. I would have to say running back. Yep. So you went, you'd go running back, Matt? What would you go running back or tackle?
2: Uh, I'm probably going running back as well. It's a deep tackle class, and I, I have more confidence in their tackles than I do um, the experience they have at running back right now.
0: And second question: What round do you think the Hill kid would go? And could he hold down the fort for us if we choose him? And at least uh, from your big board, Ben, I know you have Hill slotted in. And tell us all where you have Hill slotted in.
1: Hill. I have a couple of different Hills.
0: Uh, Hill. Oh, sorry. This would be the, I, I apologize. I'm, I'm assuming
1: Trey Hill
2: because it says center. Yes. But... Cent-
0: the center. Yeah. 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 There's okay. they uh, the running back as well, but I'm assuming uh-huh. they meant Trey Hill. Yes. The center. Right. Yes. Centered. Yes.
1: Right. Okay. So Trey Hill, I have him in the third. Nice. Um, which I think is a solid. Um, and, and, and depending on really how people see the center position need, there's a couple of other teams outside of the Steelers who need the center. So depending on how fast they go, he may slip into the second. Yeah. Uh, but I see him as a solid third rounder.
0: Nice. Last question from Drink Iron City. What about draft parties or get togethers specifically for the draft? Do any of you guys have those kinds of plans or watch from home? I'm going to start off first. Uh, usually I used to love it when it was two days because my friend and I would grab a case of beer And we'd stick there for the overnight. We'd watch the draft both days, the whole time screaming. I think the last time we did that was the year that we moved up in the draft to get Santonio Holmes. So that was a really exciting first day. Um, And we, and that was a fun way to watch, but now split over three days I haven't been as into the draft except for last year for COVID. I was doing everything for the draft and just getting excited because I had nothing else to do, and I really enjoy the Steelers anyway, so it was fun to do. So this year, I'm going to be broadcasting the entire time from the draft from the Steeler Nation platforms at Steeler Nation on on Twitter, from SteelerNation.com on Facebook, and from our YouTube page at Steeler hashtag backslash Steeler Nation at YouTube. Uh, So I will be on all those platforms an hour before each draft through the draft every day. So I'm kind of crazy. But you guys have real things going on this year in the draft. Ben, I'm going to start with you. (laughs) Ben, tell us what your plans are for the draft this year.
1: I will be at the um, at the Myrtle, at the Myrtle Beach location of Animal House for a, a bachelor party. So um, <laughs> it'll definitely be interesting. You may see me broadcasting out of a bathroom. Uh, nice. but please bear with me. I will be watching. I will be tuned in.
0: And Matt, I saved the best for last for the answer for this question because you have the most going on for draft weekend you being our draft guru for the past couple of years this being a big draft day but you have an even bigger event going on tell steeler nation what's going on with you uh yes
2: yeah, so i'll be down in uh, the daytona beach area and i'm, I'm getting married that weekend <laughs> awesome um, you know to do we had a covid wedding last year so now uh, redoing the whole wedding this year so uh, i'll still be with striker you know the first round especially on thursday because the wedding ain't until friday but um you know it's kind of weird i i i a lot of my friends are from Cleveland and a lot of my buddies um, still live there. So I thought before I realized what data was and it lines up, Oh, I'll go up to Cleveland for the draft. You know, we've got a big draft party since it's in Cleveland this year. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was going to be huge. And I'm like, yeah, guess what date that is. Guess where I'm going to be. Guess where all of those friends are going to be. They're going to (laughs) be down in Florida with me. So (laughs) it's So uh, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm going to have to sneak some peeks to see, to see the Steelers draft, is,
0: especially on day three uh without getting yelled at too much. So what time is the wedding on day, day three?
2: Uh So it starts at five.
0: Oh, okay. Steelers are going to uh, be pretty well in through the draft. We're talking about sixth round, seventh, sixth round probably around that spot.
2: Yeah, but you know how it goes. The, the few hours before that, you're still kind of involved, you know, th- photos right and all together, <laughs> I know. To on so i'm gonna be sneaking picks, and i'm sure all my buddies are gonna be sneaking because they're all browns fans and oh, nice. sneaking, looking. yeah so it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting for sure luckily the first day i'll see the steelers first round pick easily i'll be with you and then the next day i'll at least be able to look at my phone and you yeah. know go at it as we go through you know the day before festivities
0: nice and Cooley man asks us and i'll start with you here matt on this one uh, is there a mid-round kid you like for running back?
2: <clears throat> oh, yeah. I have two, maybe three I'm really high on. Um, I like Trey Sermon a lot. Um, I think he's gotten bumped up a little bit after his uh, performance late in the year Had um, huge games in the Big Ten Championship and the in the semi-playoff. Yeah. Um, I like Khalil Herbert a lot I'm out of Virginia Tech. He was at Kansas for a little while, then went there and had a breakout year. He's kind of a three-down back, but he's a little small, which some teams are you know, a little shy. And then... Real sleeper is Kylan Hill. Um, I think he's a heightweight speed guy. Um, showed well at the senior bowl. Um, didn't get a lot of playing time this year at Mississippi State because he opted out halfway through the year, but he showed to be a great receiver out of the backfield, and he's a bruiser. So it, he's nice. a good combination to be in there deep. So a lot of mid-round guys this year that are definitely
0: options. Nice. Ben, are you in agreement, or you have anybody else you want to add? Um,
1: I mean – this is where you get into like the skill players, and this is where like you get you start seeing those names of the flashbacks of like Gronk and all yeah. those big names that we've used to being seen. Yeah. So um I, I, I do like, yeah, it's Galia Herbert and, and, and Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. Um I am a little bit higher on Kenneth Gainwell out mm-hmm. of out of Memphis, who's a running back. Yeah. He's one that's starting to creep up a bit. Another one that's a safety is Richie Grant out of at, out of uh, UCF. Okay, Um, And he's one that's starting to trend upwards as well. And he's one, um, actually, I think it was Mel Kiper Jr. out of ESPN, um, had a piece that featured him where he's starting to creep up as well there. He's going to fall, I think, right in that um, mid to late third round, fourth round type of area. And he's a safety. Okay. and yeah, we, um, we were talking
0: about running back specifically for this spot, but that's, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I just get excited. I, I get know excited. it's draft time. This is what you guys are born for. A couple running backs. Couple running <laughs> back. Yeah. That yeah. Was... You did. So it's yeah, fun.
1: it's going to gain well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll come back with you, Ben. Uh, if Peyton Turner is there in rounds three or four, do you take him? And I imagine he's a Houston guy. And according to your big board, um, you know, where do you have him slotted personally? So we can kind of tell uh, our resident Houston maniac, and resident cougar, coolly, what's going on there? Is it me? Yes, Ben.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I would say I, I have him slided there as a third rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's going back. I see the Steelers still focusing on the offensive line, maybe center at that yeah. third round. So, I mean, he's he's great, but I think their need is more on the center position than on the defensive line. If he's in the fourth, yeah. hop on him. Okay. Yes, if he's if he's on the fourth, he's a steal.
0: Nice. And you have anything to add to
1: Matt?
2: Yeah, kind of similar. I have him ranked early third round, you know, maybe middle of the pack third round, but um, he, he'd be a good rotational piece on the defensive line to start. He has a lot of juice, um, especially as Hayward gets a little older, you know, yeah. need some guys to rotate in there, but it's just not a big enough need right now. And I don't think he is going to play on the edge to back up high Smith or uh, mm-hmm. TJ. I think he's more of a hand in the dirt guy. So like yeah. Ben said, just not the need there right now, but the, t- the talents there, it's just might not fit what the Steelers are looking for.
0: And either of you, do you see the Steelers drafting a wide receiver uh, with all the moves that they've made um, so far? And I'll ask you first, Matt, do you see the Steelers driving a, drafting a wide receiver in this draft?
2: I, I really don't. And if I do, it's a late round flyer, kind of special teams guy, maybe a returner. Um, yeah. Unless someone really falls. Like if you see a Murray Rogers phone to day three, or mm. someone like that, you know, really start slipping down boards. You know, just too good to pass up because the Steelers always take best player available. Um, yeah. But I, I see at most a late round flyer. You know, their first five receivers are pretty much set with. Yeah. Um, you know their depth chart. So yeah, unless they unless same same really, five they
0: had last year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So without someone really falling or anything crazy happening, uh, I really don't see anything the, being added to the wide receiver room substantial.
1: Ben, you feel? Yeah, I would say. I mean, if if they are all good at rounds like six and seven, and there are some nice names there, I would say that's when they would hop on them. Um, there are two names that I have projected there; those being a Jalen Camp out of Georgia Tech um, okay. and Seth Williams out of Auburn are nice. two names that I have there in the six, seven slot. That if the Steelers are there, or if they are there at the Steelers' picks,
0: yeah, why not? Perfect. Um, now I want you to ask, since this is Cooley's last question, I'm going to paraphrase it. Uh, I want to know who your favorite, uh, Rashad Coward rooting along with you as always go Steelers. Day
1: three sleeper. Oh, heavens.
0: That I is know, there's uh... a lot of positions, but so, I mean, like I assume like safety might be a sleeper spot. Wide receiver could be a sleeper spot as we've talked about. Um, and then we're, we're getting into the defensive positions. Also, maybe a, a, an athletic inside linebacker, a good edge player um, around those slots. Cause I, I don't see defensive line being a priority personally.
1: Right. Um, I don't really consider him a sleeper because I'm so high up on him, but yeah. looking at other mock drafts, he's really not. There is um, Andre Sifco, who is a safety out of Syracuse Ooh. is one. Um, going back to Richie Grant at a UCF. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. another. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I mean, I think Khalil Herbert as well, who's one, you know, we just talked about him. Yeah. I, I think he has a lot of booms there, um, yeah. where he could be like that mid round sleeper mm-hmm. as well. Um, looking at really in the wide receiver room. I mean, not so much because I think all the good ones
0: are going to be gone after the first hundred. Awesome. And Matt. Your, your favorite sleeper.
2: So for day three, um, like he touched on, I like Andre Sisco a lot. Um, one of the guys off the edge, which I think the Steelers need to add to, I like a lot, is um, Joshua Kando. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, he reminds me when you look at his stats physically, he just reminds me of all of a combination of Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, and Alex Smith all mashed together. Their height, weight, speed, strength, everything. He's a great run defender, physical out of Florida State. He, he could really be that next outside linebacker in the fourth round to back up high Smith and T.J. Watt. And I guess there is one corner or one safety I like. I like Paris Ford. Um, some people are saying he's high. I've seen him really mixed on. Some people have him in the second third round. Some people have him in the fifth sixth round. It's kind of a mixed draft. Um, if he falls farther than what people think, um. I definitely think he's a sleeper then if he makes that day three, but he, he he's not a big, he's not a big imposing player, but man, he plays like it. He, he kind of gives me that Ryan Clark vibe where he wasn't the biggest
0: guy on the field, but he is af- not afraid to hit you. Awesome. Now I've got a new question here from our member Litos, who's actually chatting with us over here on the YouTube page as long, along with Cooley, they're starting to bust my chops over on YouTube as we speak and Litos asks, What would your top tackle be at 124 that you just could not pass on? And Matt, I will start with you.
1: That I
2: couldn't pass on. Yes. That's tough considering we already answered the question. Yeah, because you,
0: uh, you said who you wanted to draft, obviously the first round, and that was – yes. Yeah,
2: we, we answered that question on the running back for so tackle too. Right, um, right,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay, true. But, yeah, okay, so <laughs> we can skip past that one. We talked no,
2: about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go I I'll go with someone I think Ben's here, I agree with here too, probably Rashawn Slater. Oh, Slater. If, if he slips down, I have him as my number two tackle. Awesome. If he slips down, I couldn't pass him up. Plus he oh. could play multiple positions on the offensive line. He's not just limited to tackle. So even nice. if he is a day one starter, he, he can make a
0: um, impact. Nice. Ben. Yeah,
1: Ab- absolutely. Yeah. That, and even, I mean, uh, it, and Christian Darisal is another, I kind of loved him and Slater in the same boat. Yeah. If they're available at 24 pop on them.
0: <laughs> and Ben, next question I'm going to direct to you first How do the top three running backs compare to the top running backs in last year's draft? Um,
1: I think there was a little,
0: the first running back taken last year, obviously was taken with the last pick in the first round, which was the Kansas city chiefs. They took the first running back off the board with the last pick. Um, these running backs, it looks like you guys have rated slightly above, uh, just speak to their athleticism and where you think that they would slot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a little bit better than last year. Um, and that's just simply because I think the need for a good year one running back is a little bit more prevalent than it was last year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at the top three being Harris, Etienne, and Javante Williams. If you want to, again, have have have, um, have Michael Carter there on the back end as well, yeah. um, there as well. And I, I think because if you, if you are comparing, yeah, the first one was taking and the last pick of, uh, of, the first round and we're already talking about if Harris is going to be available after the dolphins pick, which is going to be way in the beginning. So yes. um, I think the kind of feature itself where I like the running backs a little bit more here this year.
0: Okay. And you agree, Matt?
2: Oh uh, yeah. The top three are definitely getting taken a little higher. Um, I like Harris and ETM better. And I liked anyone last year. Um, they're also getting pumped up a little bit because there's less of those mid-round guys. There was, I think, five running backs taken in the second round last year. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Javante Williams compares similarly to some of them. He's similar talent of uh, Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins, you know. Nice. Slides right into that second-round grade, but I think Harris and Etienne are better than either Clyde Evans player or, um, DeAndre mm-hmm.
0: Swift player. Great, great, great points. And that's, uh, it's much deeper this year, and that's good for Steelers having a position of need and having a deeper set for, for, for running back. So that's great to hear Uh slash steel, then asks a question. And this one's directed for me. He says, can we see a picture of the RV and will you be doing podcasts in it? I have just purchased a class C RV. Uh, yes. I will post some pictures here uh, pretty soon at steelernation.com, probably in the general discussion forum, since it isn't football related, but I will say when I stayed at my first RV campground in North Carolina last week or the week before, I'm sorry, um, they did have Wi-Fi. So, yes, I could do on-the-scene reporting through the Wi-Fi and do on-the-scene podcasts from there. So that maybe we'll have to work that into the football season. That would be a lot of fun. Um, St- slash Steel also asks, um, Steelers usually draft for, for best position of need. What positions do you see? possibly in the first and which ones would you eliminate so let's talk about the elimination of positions that since we've been talking about so many positions of need and what what we think bpa may be uh ben this time i'll start with you what is uh two let's say three positions that you would eliminate at least in the first round that we're we're probably not going to take
1: i'd say uh quarterback Mm -hmm. wide receiver okay um and uh i guess anything along the defensive line
0: yep yeah and matt
2: yeah, definitely quarterback and wide receiver. I guess the only thing I might say instead of D line is safety. But even that, you know, and that's just a, just as much as the availability as them not needing them because there isn't that there's only one or two safeties even potentially there. But yeah, Ben hit it on the head
0: yeah i mean I, I don't have anything to add so i'll just say uh long snapper kicker and punter those are three <laughs> positions we are definitely not drafting in the first round bank on that take it to vegas Steeler nation
2: hey drew chrisman you might you might
0: he might sneak into the first round you never know <laughs> really <laughs> that good is he like a uh janikowski
2: <laughs> uh he's probably the best punter in this year i don't think i don't think there are many quite like janikowski
0: <laughs> okay cool but um ike kelly says cope how about some dialogue amongst you three regarding how no one not even the national media experts are talking about all the players who opted out or didn't play last year will be so far behind everyone else that their impact this year will be minimal at most no often no otas possible limited camps again shortened preseason maybe a couple uh, can impact as rookies but the majority of the depth chart Will be mannequins thrown to the wolves against the vets. Do you agree or disagree? This is a fun question, Uh, Matt. Let's start with you.
2: Um, We've touched on every uh, over the last podcast or two that we've been on um, how it may affect players a little bit. Um, I don't think it affects the top players as much. You know, the Jamar Chase or the Parsons. You know, they might slide a little bit. Maybe not Chase, but Parsons has a chance to slide a little bit. But it's really those mid round guys who sat out the entire year or opted out halfway through. Um, they really hurt themselves in not getting a chance to really improve their draft stock or show they improved on their weaknesses. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like, uh, you know, there's going to be mannequins out there, but um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I I do think it hurts. It especially, uh, you know, I mean, you see the Steelers—they're going out and signing all these guys that tried out at pro days who yes. did play, who did just didn't make teams last year, yes. or are still free agents, so they're just wanting they like or even the guys that. Last year in the XFL, they were signing those guys. Yep. They just wanted to see guys play, see guys in football shape, see guys get taped um, and continue to get better. So, so some teams, I think, and certain players, it will hurt more than others.
0: Yeah, try just going out and getting their undrafted free agents in advance that they have tape on, that have some extra experience, and the XFL being a big part of that. And they really took mm-hmm. advantage. as good points. Uh, ben, your thoughts, too, on the limited uh, play of these players that took a year off?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's why there's so much pressure on the pro days now mm-hmm. as, as well. And that's why you also see some of those top 10 guys, even top 25, where they're having more than one pro day. Yeah. Um, here, just to get as much as much exposure as possible mm-hmm. to those NFL scouting coaches as much as they can before the draft itself. Um, and even like looking a little bit beyond the road. And this is going to be a little bit weird to say, but I am, if not as excited, a little bit more excited for the preseason as I am the actual season itself, just to kind of see, you know, this, you know, those individuals who decided to either sit out or they really weren't able to have a full season, depending on which conference they were in. And then, um, you know, those teams taking a chance on them. And then how are they going to perform at that next level? I think that's going to be, again, I'm more excited about the preseason, which is weird to say, I know. (laughs) Um, But that's where we're going to be able to tell of, you know, our answer of if there was a, huge lag time or a, a huge negative effect on these individuals were not
0: yeah and and i'm with you too ike i'm still kind of um taken aback on the fact that there's going to be no otas uh everybody's opted out of voluntary at least well that doesn't invo- involve the rookies that are coming in but Virtual off season again. If that happens, it's going to be a setback for these guys that have been out for a year, and now we have a shortened three game preseason to get these players up to speed. So that's going to be another factor and a tougher evaluation for these players on where they're going to slot in and when they're going to start being starters in the NFL. So we'll have to see how it works out because this is another unique year, kind of in a different way, but at least there's more of a. Light at the end of the tunnel. We look like we're going to have fans this year. So I'm excited. Uh, very, very excited with the way things are going to shake out this season. Uh, final question is more, might be more of a statement, but it's always a fun one. We're going back to Drink Iron City to, to to finish on it. Ben, I'll start with you. If Carl Lewis was in his prime, could he actually beat our guy who runs to the podium?
1: Uh, Yes.
0: <laughs> Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there needs to be more than that question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a great insight on how the Steelers always seem to. Instantly be at the podium when their timer starts, as opposed to everybody in the NFL that seems to wait to maybe get in that, oh, that gotcha. draft trading going on something. But the Steelers' first round—it's like Steelers are on the clock and Steelers are at the podium. <laughs> the pick is in. Let's see who I they guess got. That's
2: a, I guess that's a testament to who they always know who and confident or who they're selecting. So they yes. get up there nice and quick.
0: So. Yes. Yeah. They they know they're slotting. They don't want to dicker, I guess, if they got somebody who they think is their best one. But Jarvis Jones was the first one. I think they really did it for So everybody's been pretty hard on the Steelers (laughs) for coming up to the podium quickly after that Jarvis Jones pick. But they've gotten some other good picks after that. Watt being an awesome one. Shazier being a great one. So I, I can't really say that the fact of them getting to the podium quickly is their factor. But it would be interesting to see if they sat around for five minutes of their time maybe somebody come a call in for this year for possible trade down. So I'll mm-hmm. say, I'll say this year, definitely Carl Lewis will beat the guy to the podium. I think this will be the <laughs> first year. The Steelers will not be instantly at the podium. I think they'll take a little bit of time to ponder this year might work out a trade, especially as if it's as talent heavy as we are anticipating both Matt and Ben with their talent evaluations, uh, seeing all this talent down here around where the Steelers are going to be picking um, might be smart to, uh, bank on some extra picks and maybe slide a couple slots. So love the question. And that's pretty much it. Steeler nation. Everybody got on the line is, is uh, pretty silent on the, uh, other than just busting my balls over on YouTube right now currently. So no real questions so we can ignore them. I'll see you guys later on. (laughs) So thank you very much. Ben, thank you very much, Matt. Yet again, we'll talk here right after we get off to figure out when we're going to have our next podcast next week. And then I will post that on the Steeler Nation Twitter and Facebook pages so everybody can plan and be part of this great conversation. So be sure to start following Ben or keep following Ben at the Ben sauce underscore duh on Twitter. That is T H E B E N S A U C E underscore D U H and Matt Papiernik over on Twitter at Matt underscore Papiernik M A T T underscore P A P I E R N I K. Thank you very much gentlemen for being on the show yet again with me to make it seem like I know what I'm doing when the draft is involved. Uh, is, are there any, Big articles coming out soon for what you guys are working on that we can look forward to from stealernation.com. And Matt, I'll, I'll go with you first because you got a wedding. Um, I have a
2: mock draft that I have my big board out. You know, I'll be doing another mock draft between now and then. Awesome. Um, maybe, maybe a couple more uh draft player profiles between now and then, but overall, you know, just getting ready for the draft.
1: Ben, yeah, same. I'm just going to be pumping out draft profiles. I may try try and figure out how to get all of this into a graphic for everyone, which is my, which is my draft board. Um, but outside of that, it's just going to be draft profiles, draft profiles, draft profiles.
0: Just, Hey, you get multiple, just do multiple articles. You get one for defense, one for offense, Set them both. Steelers can't go Steelers Steeler fans. You can't go wrong with lots and lots and lots of information. Thanks to our draft gurus, Matt and Ben over at Steelernation.com. So be sure to come over and read those great articles that are coming out as well as the ones that are currently out. Like we said, Matt's top one hundred and fifty just dropped. And um, a lot of their player profiles are, they're dropping daily. So please come on over and check as often as you can to be up and in the know for, as, as I am now. as <laughs> the, the draft approaches here next week. Uh, tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram is at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast, or follow me if you want to uh, see me post pictures of my beard and my dog uh, on Twitter and Instagram at SN striker striker spelled with a Y. Thank you for joining us on the stealing podcast sponsored by total sports enterprises. I'm your host G striker with Matt Pyrnick and Ben McAllian rooting along with you as always go Steelers.